Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. And Clark down the left side of the lane, a left-handed layup off the window, and the all-time Big Ten's leading scorer, Caitlin Clark, on a left-handed layup. Missed it. It's tipped. It's controlled by Florida, and the Gators get a huge win on the road. A three late at the end of regulation, and then they take it in overtime and beat Kentucky. Wow. 94-91. Klingon with a couple of dribbles right. Hands up to Spencer. Curls behind the Klingon screen. Puts up a floater. Drops it in. <laughs> a runner right down the lane from about 10 feet by Spencer. New Mexico's going to lose for the first time at home. Courtesy of the Boise State Broncos. And House at the buzzer missed the shot. And there you go. Boise State comes up with an 86-78 win over New Mexico. The Broncos net ranking of 50 Six is sure to prove by quite a bit. Good morning. Welcome into Earth Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Yes, I am joining the stream now, Shane. I'm sorry, I was busy eating my pancakes. Hotcakes. Hotcakes. Is there a difference between pancakes and hotcakes? Are, Are they hotcakes smaller than pancakes? Maybe. Are they inter maybe they're interchangeable words. I didn't I don't know if you guys did this in St. Louis, but every once in a while, everybody that is around my age in Omaha will know exactly what I'm talking about here. Every once in a while, you would have a pancake day at school. Mm-hmm. And they had this dude. He was just called the Pancake Man. He would come to your school, and he had this griddle that's like 20 feet long. Ravi, I don't, I don't think people had Pancake Men come to their school, so I, I, I'm no, concerned listen, about this if you, story. If you grew up in Omaha, this is a thing that happened. They, he would do like fundraisers and stuff, and he would go to schools or whatever, and he would, he'd come and he'd do the, the, the pancakes and eggs or whatever, and then. He would flip the pancakes to you like a guy at Hibachi Grill. And so he would go like further and further back. It's like Phoebe and Joey yeah. and Fred. Yes. Where she just grabs it out of the air and <laughs> tosses it on her plate. Yeah. So you're like back there with your little styrofoam plate trying to catch this pancake as like an eight year old. Uh, 
but yeah, pan- how many pancakes hit the ground? Oh, a lot of pancakes hit the ground. What children are children have terrible coordination. Uh, but it was a it was like the highlight of the year. It was like pretzel day on the office when the pancake man came to your school. It was the best day of the year. Pretzel day at the office. It, it was the frozen pretzels in the carousel. <laughs> Drunk monk says I don't think he came down north, Robbie. That's possible. I grew up in Millard. I, you know, I don't know other parts of town. I do know if you grew up in Millard, you are very familiar with the Pancake Man. So, and just so you know, I was in America. It doesn't matter hotcakes or pancakes. Uh, that's we just kind of they're interchangeable okay. here in our country. Okay. But in Mexico, the small pancakes are called hotcakes, and the larger uh, larger ones are pancakes. Right. Okay. So it's what it's um, like what you so, said. So yeah, it's it's similar. I mean, they, they may be a little bit thinner. But, but they're yeah. essentially the same thing. Right. Okay. Good to know. Uh, that, that wraps up pancake talk for this morning. No, it doesn't. Uh, well, maybe. Because Who knows? We're going to talk a little bit about the offensive line And we today. will get into pancakes. And we're going to talk about how certain people are going to pancake other people. That's right. We'll be good. Micah Mazuka, the pancake man. I think this offensive line is going to be much better than people think. Like I think I, they're going to be I, good. I, I know people's expectations are like, hey, last season they were pretty good. Yeah. But I think this season it's going to take an even bigger step forward. I agree because not only do you have another year of improvement under Donnie Rayola, but Mazuka's a real SEC starter. That's a real dude. With a lot of games under his belt. A ton of games under his belt. Ben Scott is a real center. He's a real center. He's probably going to get a shot at the NFL. He is now in his second year in Nebraska, second year under Rayola. That's that's a positive for him. Justin Evans Jenkins got a lot of playing yes. time last season. And another year in the strength and conditioning program after being a true freshman and playing, that's a huge step forward. Hopefully, Teddy Prohaska is even further healthy and in better shape after he spent so much time on the shelf over the last two years. And we haven't even touched on any of the guys that, that were redshirted last year. Uh, a guy like Sam Sledge that I know they're crazy high mm-hmm. on. Like, there is a lot to be excited about in the offensive line room. And I even, I was one of the few people last year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a victory lap here, who we'll see. looked we'll at. We'll see if I trip you on the, well, don't on do the home that, stretch. Don't do that. That's rude. Um, That's what I'm doing to Anna whenever we, we race. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, there's a stick in your way. What happened? That's terrible. Um, no, I was one of the few people last year that was like, I think they might not be as bad. I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were. But everybody looked at the offensive line as like, man, we're in real trouble. And I looked at it and I said, listen, there's a chance that they're okay. Did you feel that way because Coach Rule felt that way? That helped, for sure. I, I think that really helped a lot of people. The other thing that helped me feel that way is because our guy Vers, who we'll talk to tomorrow, he brought up something that I don't know that a lot of people were talking about, which was the kind of synchronization between the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. Because he brought up that they brought in a guy in Whipple, and they got brought in another guy in Rayola, who their styles were very incompatible. Like, you need your offensive line coach and your offensive coordinator to be on the same page. Your schemes, the plays you call, like very down into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, it's not just, okay, you guys block, and hopefully right. you give either our quarterback three, four seconds yes. or, or make, make a, a hole, hole for the running back, right? Like that's, It's not that simple, right? 
Verse says all the time, it's a simple game, and it is. But the schemes well, it's get simple when everybody's on the same page. Right. It's yeah. complicated if, when people are doing different things. Exactly. If your goals as an offensive coordinator are different than what is being taught in the offensive line room, you're going to have a disastrous result. And last year, I think just being on the same page was a huge portion of them being better. That doesn't even go into the fact that, listen, they're they're – quarterback play that they were dealing with was not great. I think if you've got a functional quarterback who can get the ball out quickly, can see the field, read the field, get it out quickly, makes your offensive line look even better, right? I think when you've got running backs that you've got a little bit more, either more experience with like an Emma Johnson, got some reps under his belt, you've got a talented guy like Dante Dowdell coming in, that makes the run blocking look a little bit better. I think there's no, there's m- room for actual improvement with another year uh, in the strength and conditioning system, another year under Rayola. Like, I think this unit can go from being, like, okay to pretty good to being a real strength of this team because of all of the internal stuff, plus you bring in a real SEC starter in Mazuka. Like, I'm pretty bullish on the offensive line. Line play in general will be a strength of this I'll team. I'll say defensive line, I've, I was always bullish on. But, you know, I think another point that, you know, we haven't hit on yet is this. Because what, what gets people talking about an offensive line? What gets people talking about a good offensive line? Usually run game. Not just run game, though, but, like, good quarterback play. Sure, yeah. And, and quarterback Nebraska, having time. And, and Nebraska didn't have that. Yeah. Like, not, not that they didn't have time. They just didn't have good quarterback yeah. play last season. But when you bring a guy in like Dylan Rayola, who is supposed to be mm-hmm. someone to give you good quarterback play, yeah, we think. imagine the response right. if good quarterback play is seen that can be attributed to now the offensive line. And though, you know, some people, whether you are former offensive lineman or you're a real student of the game and, and, and you know what to kind of look for and, and, and what showcases a good lineman or a good line uh, before you see actual results uh, in terms of, like, positive drives and things like that, uh, like, kudos to you. Like, you, you may be one step ahead of everybody else, mm-hmm. but the, the perspective from – from all fans or nationally could come if Nebraska has a lot of offensive success. We, we look at some of the top offenses in college football last year. Mm-hmm. You can't call Oregon a good offense without a good line. Mm-hmm. You can't call Michigan a good offense without a good line. And it, Washington. It, it, Washington's another one. You can't, they aren't as good of an offense um, if – Michael Penix isn't very good, and they aren't very good. If Michael Penix isn't very good, if he doesn't have time mm-hmm. because of his offensive line. But it kind of all comes back to the offensive line. Yeah. But they don't get any credit until the offense is good. Yeah. It's if, re- if the offense yeah. is bad and not productive, it's not like, hey, the running back is a bad player. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, the quarterback is dysfunctional. It's, no, this offensive line can't give them any time. It always falls back on the O-line. So they take a lot of heat, but they also should take a lot of praise if you can see improvements from that quarterback position. Yeah, and even if they don't take the heat for it, which I actually thought for the most part, I thought Nebraska fans did a good job of separating – quarterback play, running back play from the offensive line last year, but you certainly don't get the praise you deserve, right? Even if they don't blame you directly until the offense is starts to hum and you start getting points on the board, you really don't get credit for the job you did. And, and part of it, too, is the quarterback play is so important because 
I thought a lot of times last year, especially in Harburg and Sims, I thought they would run into trouble a lot. And I, by that I mean, you know, your offensive line when you're pass protecting is supposed to create your pocket, right? And that's designed for a quarterback to climb forward to give himself more time. I thought Chubba was the only quarterback that did that at all in terms of climbing the pocket. And not that he was great at it, but he was certainly the best of the group. But Sims and Harburg would often have the pocket they're supposed to, and then what they would feel pressure from the edges instead of climbing the pocket to get away from that pressure on the edges, which is, by the way, where it's supposed to go, they would run into trouble instead of climbing into safety. And that makes the offensive line look bad because it's like, oh, they gave up another sack. Oh, they got pressure off the edge again. And it's like, no, they did exactly what they were supposed to. Look at that little envelope that they had, and then they ran to where the defender was. Like, that is not on the offensive line, but that's really hard to separate sometimes, especially if, like, I don't, I'm not under the impression that fans are often watching these games two and three times, right? Well, and, and like no a one's lot of, just focusing on the offensive yes, line. Like especially you're, when you're you watching live. Yeah. You follow the ball. In every sport, you follow the ball. Yeah, especially when you're watching live, right? You want to see the results of what are happening. You usually don't catch these things unless you have a job like we do and you go back and you rewatch things and you're like, oh, he actually did have time there. Oh, look at that nice little pocket they created. That sack's not on the offensive line. Or, man, he did have four seconds, and he had a guy open. He just didn't make the decision, and then he ended up getting sacked. It's like, okay, that's not even really a coverage sack. That's a decision sack, right? There's a lot of different things that can lead to a QB pressure or a QB hit or a QB sack, and it's not always on the offensive line, right? Now, that being said, one of the things that I love about Coach Rule and Nebraska and the way he operates that program is you would never hear anyone in that offensive line room say anything I just said, even if it's true. Because what did we talk about earlier in this week? The 1% rule, right? The 1% of even if this was 1% my fault, I'm taking ownership of that. If it's 99% Jeff Sims' fault because he didn't climb the pocket or he didn't spun, hold on to the football or, or he held on to the football too long or whatever, didn't see the open receiver, spun out into the wrong direction, whatever it was. If an offensive lineman sees, ah, I was, I was 1% wrong there, I could have held my block a little bit longer, I could have done this, I could have done that, taking that 1% ownership is what this team's all about. And that, at the end of the day, is why they will succeed. Mm-hmm. Because no they're, doubt to me about that. They're not throwing Jeff Sims or Heinrich Harburg or Chubba Purdy or Dylan Rayola or whoever else under the bus. They're, hey, should have held that block a little bit longer. That's me. The receiver's going, ah, I could have broke open a little bit sooner. He would have seen me before he moved to his next progression. That's... I can sit here and say, yeah, that's not on the offensive line. I can sit here and say, yeah, that's not on the receiver. He got open. But as a team... You take ownership for every little thing that you could have done better, and that's when you end up winning. And that's what I love about Coach Rule. That's what you love about a team. Yes, that's what I, I – like it, any coach that I like, that's usually it, the reason. And, and you're an ultimate teammate by taking that approach. Absolutely. No one's out there even thinking, mm-hmm. hey, it's this person's fault. Absolutely. Because if you think that, then you might as well just say it. You get but, into the blame game. But a lot of times, too, you can show that through body language. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to say anything. But if your no, body you language. No, you see it, though. You see it. If your body language is poor, 
people notice that, hey, you're frustrated? And why would you be mad about something at this point in time, at this stage in the game, if it wasn't just that last thing that just happened? Well, especially like human nature, right? Like right. Even, if, even if that's not what the quarterback's hanging his head about, right? Maybe he's hanging his head about like, ah, that ball sailed on me just a little bit. I wish I could have made a better throw. If you've got bad body language and the offensive line or the receiver or whoever else already knows that they screwed up, then that body language, human nature is, ah, he's mad at me, right? Even if that's not the case. That's when, when you're interacting with somebody and they have some sort of negative body language or negative attitude, you immediately assume it's something you did. That's at least, I don't know, maybe that's anxiety, maybe that's not human nature, but I think that's what a lot of people go through, well, and right? A, and you have to wring that out. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a wet washcloth. Mm-hmm. You have to make that thing dry again because there, there are points in time where, you know, you could – be a sponge in that moment mm-hmm. and soak up somebody's poor body language and kind of like join join the the so-called angry mob mm-hmm. if one person is doing it you're like oh somebody finally is like recognizing this so especially I'm if do it's it the quarterback too, right right the and leader. then oh i'm gonna do it too well it bad body language is is it's it, it sneaks in it's it, and it's it, infectious it's it, contagious it, it is very contagious sometimes yeah. so having the right mindset goes a long way but you know and having that culture yeah. and that foundation set is so critical because even though we saw what the culture was like in year one year two is still going to evolve yeah. it's not going to be the same culture no it's never from static year one no. to year two but what you will see is the same sort of tradition, the same sort of guidance, uh, all, all those things, because that's easy to reciprocate. I was going to say, you know what else is contagious, though, on a positive side is ownership, is accountability, right? And it comes from the top down. If Coach Rule and his staff are always taking accountability for things, they're always taking ownership for things, then the leaders on the team say, oh, this is how we're supposed to operate. Then the people under those leaders on the team, maybe the freshmen and the red shirts and the walk-ons start to say, oh, if this is how the best players on the team operate, this is how I need to operate. And then it ends up going through the entire team, and that's just how the team operates. We, we talked about it last week with Coach Rule's comments to, uh, to the Texas uh, High School Coaches Association, right? When his standard becomes their ownership, that's where winning takes place. And that all starts with that starting to be contagious. But like you said, it can be contagious for the good. It can be contagious for the bad. We saw it a little bit, and this is not a, this is not a hit on Lamar Jackson at all. But in the second half of that Chiefs game, right, there was a couple moments. Th- there were some, some body language shown on TV yes, that there, was like, ooh. Yeah, we're like, and, and I got it, too. I was like, man, I'd be frustrated, too, but that's but a tough look. It, showing that frustration? Yes. That is a tough look for a guy who – you're, if you feel like it's starting to, to, to get away from your grasp, right? And the first one, was, I think there were three moments. There was the Zay Flowers uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after his long catch. There was the Zay Flowers fumble right after that. And then there was the interception that Lamar Jackson threw into triple coverage inexplicably. After all three of those plays, there was visible frustration from your quarterback and whether he was frustrated at Zay Flowers or not, or if he was just frustrated at the situation in general, maybe he was frustrated at the ref. He's like, really, you're going to call that in that spot? Mm-hmm. Totally understandable. But it's really hard in the moment, especially in the heat of battle like that, to interpret body language 
and be like, oh, no, he's not mad at me. He's mad at the ref. Because in your head, if you're Zay Flowers, you know you screwed up. So you go, yeah, he's probably mad at me. I'm well, mad at and, me. And it, he could be mad at a lot of things. Exactly. And, and that's, what, that's what has somebody getting that, that anxiety that you were sort of talking about. Because you don't about. really know. Right. And, and that's why conversations are had. And, and you know, in, in those moments, I, I, Lamar, I think, was mad at himself there. Yeah, I think so. Because the throw wasn't there. Even though likely threw up his hand saying, like, hey, sure. I'm wide yeah, open. Yeah, because receivers are always think they're open. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but a receiver has never thought he wasn't open. But if Lamar goes back and watches that film, which he, you know he will or has already yeah. done, you're going to see Odell Beckham Jr. wide open in the middle of the field. Yeah. And, and that throw didn't need to be forced. Now, you're also going to see that likely was hit, even though it was a, bad, a, poor, a poorly thrown football. Mm-hmm. Likely was hit, and that should have been B.I. because, you know, ref reaches yeah, for the came flag, early. Came early, doesn't yeah. end up throwing it. Uh, there was another play unlikely earlier in the game that probably should have resulted in a pass interference penalty. So, and there, maybe that's what Lamar was mad about. Maybe right. he's throwing his helmet because of the P.I., mm-hmm. but we don't there's know things that. things like that that build up throughout yeah. the game. But, but you don't know in the moment because all you see is the body language. But the good thing there, too, is, and a good learning moment for maybe somebody else on the team, is that's why you have more than one captain. That's why you have more than one leader. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of— Because everybody has a bad day. There's going to be a lot of new leaders on this team that— Step up in their own in their own way for their own position group, mm-hmm. what whatever that may be. And so, if one guy shows frustration like that, and he's one of the top team yeah. leaders, that doesn't mean that say the captain of the defense doesn't walk over and be like, "Hey, bro, I got you. Hey, you're all I good. I got you. We'll pick you up. We, we, we'll hold we him here. here." And and like those sort of things are what you can't coach, and mm-hmm. that's why you you put a C on somebody's chest because. It's somebody that steps out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. to make sure that this this scratch on the team right now can be bandaged up. Sure. Yeah. And it you know it's I don't you know you say it can't be coached. I think there are some people who are more natural at it than others, but I think it is a mindset across the team. Like I think it's hard to coach a guy to be the guy that goes over and says, "Hey, I got you. We'll pick you up." It's a personality. We'll get the stop. But I think the mindset of that can be coached, right? Because I think that's what we're seeing at Nebraska. The mindset of instilling that within your team of, hey, we, p- we pick each other up. We don't push each other down. We lift each other up because we're all better when we lift each other up. I think that is coached. But the guy that actually speaks mm-hmm. up and says, I agree. The guy that's a leader naturally and goes over to Zay Flowers or to Lamar or whoever and says, hey, don't worry, brother. I got you. I, we'll get this stop here. They're not scoring again. You'll get another shot. Like that, I agree, is that's a natural leadership thing that not everybody has. But the fact that when he says it, you know the rest of the defense feels the same way, that's coached. Getting them to believe that, I think, is 100% coached. Because we saw it at Nebraska last year. How many times did the defense bail out the offense after a horrible turnover or the worst-timed penalty or whatever. Too many times to count. Yeah, just time after time after time, and you're, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, at what point does the defense say enough is enough and get mad at the offense? And it never happened, right? And that is something that in previous years – 100% the dam would have broke at some point. Now, sometimes the dam broke because of fatigue and it's just like we can't hold them anymore. That's a different thing. But in terms of mentality, that never broke from what I could tell. And that is coached. That, to me, is the epitome of the Matt Rule culture because it never got to the point where the defense got frustrated with the offense. And I got to tell you, 
I was frustrated with the offense. Everybody watching was fr- like, if I was on the defense, I'd be like, dude, just, just punt, like just, just wait and punt. Just stop turning it over in our own end. Like, I would have been so frustrated if I was on that defense, and so it's a good thing that I'm not, right? But, well, for a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons, right? I don't think my, like, 5 nine forty is doing anybody favors back there. But the, <laughs> but the, the, the ability for the defense to mentally move on from what got them into mm-hmm. that position and just be like, hey, we have a job to do. Let's go. Let's go pick up our brothers. That, to me, is the reason I so strongly believe that this is going to work. Well, it was all kick-started in, in spring mm-hmm. and uh, in the fall when we saw all those videos come out from practice. And there was a time even when the defense, the, the, the starting defense was kicked off the field. Mm-hmm. Coach was like, get out of here. Stop hitting, my, stop hitting your quarterback. Get out of here. I mean, there's mistakes – being done there too, absolutely, and and being had uh, in games this season by that defense. So everybody, it goes back to ownership. Everybody takes a piece of the pie. If you're playing on this football team and you play in the Matt Rule culture, there's a lot of little Matt Rules running around on the field. <laughs> but you take accountability for each action, each play, each second of the game. Coming up next, we'll set up the show here on Herd Sports Radio.